Check this out, right. y'all. Audio level full volume. It's go time. This is Border to Border with Matt Josephs. He's super famous. This guy's a fraud, a phony. I respect women. I love women. I respect them so much that I completely stay away from them. Matt, your manliness is overwhelming. Sports, 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 sports. Audio level full volume. It's go time. Here's Matt Josephs on Richmond's 1061 ESPN. Hour number two, 106.1 ESPN, Matt Joseph's here, taking it to six o'clock, and then uh, it is Inside the Web, Basketball Edition, Bob Black, Chris Mooney, special player guest at uh, the Brass Tap, and uh, we're looking forward to that, and so on Mondays going forward, when that show is going on, we will do the old switcheroo in where I, excuse me, World of Beer. Excuse me, Brass Tap was football. World of Beer and Short Pump is where the basketball edition will be, so make sure to go to World of Beer. Obviously go to the Brass Tap too, but not tonight because that's not where the coach's show is. It's uh, World of Beer. Um, so yeah, uh, 327-0888, that is the phone number. That is the text line 804-327-0888, behind the web. Tonight on our airwaves, 1061 ESPN, 6 o'clock. Bob and Coach and Jordan King, uh, the star of the team, as they have the season premiere tonight. So what we'll do is Bob will be on from 3 to 4. Then he'll eat, get his makeup ready, and get ready for the show with uh, Coach coming up at 6 o'clock. We'll do a little college basketball a little bit later on. But, of course, college football taking center stage. Uh, Paul Feinbaum on Twitter pointing out that we should be a little bit angry with the uh, with the Alliance that was that was created because without the alliance we would have the 12 team playoff this year instead of next year which i find funny because him as an sec guy the reason why the alliance was formed was because the sec took texas and oklahoma so the other conferences said maybe we should work on getting together and trying to stop this and yeah they formed the alliance because of the sec See, this is where this is where people like Paul Feinbaum on ESPN sit there and they and they make their statements like this and they basically say they you know they can feel good because Alabama made the playoff. I, I just you know and it's funny because you're watching the ACC network that night and guys like EJ Manuel and Eddie Royal, all of them were very frustrated on behalf of the ACC. And it kind of goes back to. As we have a little bit of breaking news, Malik Washington of UVA is declaring for the NFL draft. Um, it goes back to the, the playing of an F, F, FCS game because it, Jordan Travis's injury happens in a game against North Alabama, and it goes back to obviously we understand as we have FCS teams in this area why they're being played, but maybe they didn't need to play Jordan Travis a lot in that game, get him a drive or two. You knew you were going to beat North Alabama. Instead, he gets hurt in that game, and then now their season trajectory changes and makes you wonder about scheduling FCS games. I don't think it's going to change, obviously, but I'm for those who didn't listen last hour, you can find it on our website, ESPNRichmond.com. Basically, I'm, I'm disappointed in the committee. I don't think we have the four best teams. And if we're being completely honest, the four best teams are probably Michigan, Washington, Georgia, Alabama. If we're looking for the four best teams, and people are like, wait a second, Georgia just lost to Alabama. That doesn't mean they're not one of the four best teams in the country. If we're going off the letter of the law and literally taking the four best teams in the country, Texas doesn't make it either. Because I don't think Texas is really good, not top four good. 
Not top four good, at least in my mind. Obviously, it's completely different. Look at the um, look at the polls, the AP Top 25. Now, that's kind of a sham, too, because those people who vote in it, they don't all pay attention. But it's Michigan, Washington, Texas, Florida State. Alabama's fifth. In their mind, Alabama doesn't belong. Coach's poll has Texas tied with Alabama at fourth. Has Michigan, Washington, Florida State, Alabama. So... Everybody else has Florida State in their top four. The playoff committee has them fifth. Which, by the way, as I said in the first hour, if you think Florida State is not good enough to make the top four, why are they five? Because if you're being realistic here, they're not better than Georgia. They're not better than Ohio State. They're not better than Oregon. They should be eight or nine. You know why they're fifth? Because it helps TV. Because it helps the argument. We can't argue about Florida State if they're 8th or ninth. We can argue about Florida State if they're 5th. And I understand we had Pete Futek on last hour, and he said there's no conspiracies or anything like that. I, I just, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I don't believe any of that sort of stuff. I'm a conspiracy theory guy. I always will be. Um, all right. I neglected to look at the uh, texts here, so let me read through a couple of texts. Totally agree with you. FSU should be in the playoffs. Alabama had a substandard season this year, as did Georgia and the SEC as a whole. The SEC wasn't as good this year as it has been in the past. Um, ooh, somebody different. Agree if Florida State should be in. Blame the college presidents and conference commissioners for not expanding the playoffs much earlier. Could have been done, but they kicked the can down the road. Go Randolph-Macon, Spider-Ross. Thank you, Spider-Ross. Yes, Randolph-Macon is has a home game this weekend. We will hopefully talk to another one of their players. We don't want to change the, mo- the momentum up. Bob's had Pedro on, so we're going to keep that going. I will have a player on this week. We're working on that as well. Uh, let's see. Next up. We've got very happy to witness JMU history December 23rd in Fort Worth, but was hoping it would be a better location and matchup. Uh, with McLeod, I believe we could cover the two and a half without him on 50-50 and probably wouldn't bet it go Dukes-Corey. I've heard Jordan McLeod's going to play in the game. Now, it's funny because the coaching staff, they will not... Uh, uh, Kurt Signetti is not coaching this game. Which I wouldn't, I said it last week, I wouldn't have him coach the game. I would not have him coach the game because he's Indiana. And here's the funny thing man, getting a new job makes you weird and different. I saw Kurt Zignetti on the court at the, the Indiana basketball game saying how Purdue sucks and, 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 and Ohio State sucks and Michigan sucks. Like, I never would in a million years ever see some of the stuff we've seen him say. Now, money makes you say things, money loosens up your personality, but. I've talked to the guy for years since he's gotten here. I've done interviews with him. He doesn't love dealing with the media, which I, I'm fine with. I had to work to get his trust. But like seeing some of the stuff he said is like, wow, where has this side been of him? Um, so yeah, he's not coaching in the ballgame. I'm happy with that. Apparently the four full-time coaches that are basically going to be coaching the ballgame are Damian Wobolaski. I will make sure to say that properly if we ever get him on. Marcus Hall-Oliver, who's the safeties coach, Jared Holly, who's the cornerbacks coach, and Eddie Whitley, the Rovers coach. So there's some defensive guys represented here. Uh, everybody else is gone because he took everybody with him. This is why I hate this is why I hate coaching changes. You couldn't wait until after the bowl game to announce this. Like, I understand that time is of the essence when you're a Big Ten coach, but like, seriously, you couldn't wait 
couple weeks. Couldn't let Kurt Signetti, whose whole goal this season was to get JMU to a ball game, you couldn't let him coach in the ball game and let his kids enjoy the ball game. We got kids leaving left and right. That's that's all just the frustrating part to me. And JMU, let me pull up the line here. JMU is a three-point favor in this game. Fort Worth, Texas, I will say, obviously, there'll be plenty of JMU fans. I'm not worried about that. Texas, I believe, and somebody could correct me, Texas has a large military population. I think it's going to be a fun game. I would have obviously liked uh, JMU and Liberty. I would have liked JMU in a Power 5 school. I think JMU and Air Force is a tremendous matchup. The question is, and the thing that will decide how you think this game is going to go, how's the prep going to go for the triple option? Because quite often when you have the triple option and you have more than one week to prepare for it, you could do a really good job. It's how prepared are those coaches going to get this team, those four coaches? There was a story over the weekend that came out and said, JMU is close to negotiating with their coach. That never came to fruition. But we're doing the whole plane thing. JMU officials flew to Worcester, Mass. To check out Bob Chesney, who everybody loves at Holy Cross. I don't think that's a bad hire. I don't know much about Bob Chesney, but I know that when Syracuse was looking for a job, there were a lot of people that went to Syracuse who wanted Bob Chesney as a as the as the choice. He's gone 111 and 46 at Assumption and Salve Regina, and he's 44 and 21 in six seasons at Holy Cross. I don't know. We'll see. But I don't know what to make of JMU's line with everybody leaving. I'd love to know, like a lot of these kids are saying they're leaving and they're transferring, but they're not saying whether or not they're staying for the ball game. I have to wonder if some of them are leaving. Jordan McLeod, it looks like, having asked some people, is going to stay, which is tremendous. I just, this whole thing just feels really dirty to me. It really does. This team went through so much the last couple of years They fought so hard to have an undefeated season. They had college game day. They did all this stuff. They finally got the ball game they were dying for. And then all of a sudden, the coach leaves. All these kids are transferring out. And the JMU fans are like, what happened? It's like that uh, the, the, the meme of... Will Smith when he's standing in the room and there's and he's looking around and there's nothing in the room. All the furniture's gone and everything. Like, where are all the players going? Um, I don't know what to make of JMU's bowl game. I think they they'll certainly the players who play in this game will want to be there. Question is who is going to be there and how prepared will they be for the triple option? Uh ODU got the Western Kentucky in the famous toastery bowl. I mean, that's not a great matchup, but ODU's probably dying to be in a bowl game. So I I think they're going to be motivated to be there. It will be in Charlotte. So I'm assuming there will be a large contingent of ODU fans there. So I think they'll be really excited for that game. Um, I'm I'm tired of losing money on ODU. ODU is every every ODU game is a one possession game. Uh, Don't forget, ODU played against Western Kentucky two years ago. They lost 43-20. But Hayden Wolf was the quarterback then, and Ollie Jennings was the wide receiver. They went against some guy named Bailey Zappi. Yeah, B- 
Bailey Zappi was at the school the last time ODU played them. So it's it's not exactly a, a saucy, a glossy matchup with regards to an opponent, but ODU making a bowl game considering their win total before the season was three and a half is tremendous. Um, <clears throat> Tech is at um, the Military Bowl. They get Tulane. Tech is about a seven and a half, eight point favorite. I think part of that is we don't know who's going to leave Tulane. I think some people are assuming they're going to leave Tulane. And I'm guessing Tech will be motivated for it. I don't know. You know, it's it. they're not playing far. I was at the military ball, what, five, six years ago when Temple played Wake Forest? I mean, Annapolis is a tremendous stadium. It's a tremendous campus. Uh, Tulane should be want to get up for an ACC opponent. It's a large number, but I think they're already programming maybe – uh, Pratt, the quarterback, won't play. We'll see what happens. But um, Tech gets Tulane in the military bowl. So at least for a couple of the fan bases, it's not a far trip. You won't have to go far to see your team. And then, of course, Liberty's in the Fiesta Bowl against Oregon. So Pete Futak last hour said that Bo Nix was not going to play in the game. I thought I read, and there it is, I did read, that Dan Lanning said Bo Nix will play in the game. If Bo Nix is playing in the game... That makes me think Oregon's going to try and win and that Oregon is focused and ready. If Bo Nix was not going to play, then I think you see a bunch of other guys not play, and then I think you kind of see what happens in this game. But with Bo Nix playing, I think Oregon's going to try, and we'll see how Liberty does against the first good opponent they've seen all season. They've seen one, They've seen zero good opponents all season. And we'll certainly do some interviews for Liberty and Oregon and all these matchups as uh, we keep you posted during the college football bowl season. And then don't forget this Saturday is Army and Navy. Army's a two and a half point favorite. Total is 28. 28 is the total for the Army-Navy game. Crazy. But but everybody knows that the, one of the biggest trends in college football was betting the under in the Army-Navy game because they essentially practice against each other. They essentially practice against the same offense. That's why the total's really low. Everybody knows what the other team's going to do. Um, let's see here. Other texts. Matt, that's the smartest argument I've heard concerning Florida State. Not sure which one. Maybe it's the one that says give Florida State a month and Tate Rodemaker will be better. Uh, let's see. Okay, Paul Feinbaum's a clown. I think Paul Feinbaum does a very good job at what he does. I think Paul Feinbaum is a great shill for the for the SEC. I think he's a tremendous guy to go and be part of the cult that is the SEC. That's all. I think he does a tremendous job at promoting the product for the SEC. But I think even he would say it is a down year for the conference. It was a bad year for the SEC, which is a good year for other conferences, but for the SEC, it was a bad year. You had two really good teams, and that's about it. LSU's defense was horrendous. Missouri was good. Tennessee was all right. They still had four losses. Ole Miss was all right, but they lost their tough games. LSU played no defense. Florida was bad. Texas A&M was bad. Auburn was bad. Arkansas was bad. Kentucky was all right, but are you really hanging your hat in football on, on, on Kentucky? So we'll see what happens. But if you want to comment uh, through the text line, 327-0888, that is the phone number. 
and the text line. 804 is the area code. You can certainly uh, join in and give us your thoughts on the college football playoff and if they got it right or not. And if you're a fan of one of the state schools, give me your early thoughts on your team's opponents. Basically, I'll tell you this, and then we'll break because we've gone a little long. When it comes to bowl betting, if you're going to bet on a bowl game, you either bet really early when the number first comes out, which means the next day or two, or you wait until closer. Because I guarantee you, between now and then, you will have players transfer out, you will have suspensions, you will have all sorts of things happen that will change the line. Which means if you already bet the game, you may have to hedge. So that's why I wait. I have a certain number in my head that I'm going to play for whatever bowl game it is. And if I don't get that number, I move on. Because as I always like to say, the books have to put out numbers for every game. You don't have to bet every game. That's your advantage. They have to line every single game from Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three. They have to put lines out for everything. You don't have to bet it. So if you have a certain number and it disappears, all right, well, don't bet it then. So I see this first bowl games are uh, there's a bunch of games on Saturday, December 16th. Between now and then, people will leave. People will say they're not playing. Coaches will change. I'm not going to touch any of these lines until we get closer because I just want to get all the maximum amount of information. You may not have to. If you want to guess and say, all right, I see UTSA. Well, their quarterback may not play. I'm going to guess. So I think the number's better for the opponent. Problem is, if you guess wrong, then you're in trouble. So that's why I wait and say, all right, I didn't get what I want. I'm not going to bet this bowl game or I'll bet it live. That's my thoughts when it comes to bowling, uh, bowls. We'll ask Tim Murray on Friday if he's gotten down on anything and what his theory is as well. All right, let's take a timeout. Coming up, we'll switch up, talk a little NFL, talk a little college basketball. And if you still want to touch on college football, we could certainly do that as well. You're listening to 1061 ESPN. The NFL season is in full swing, and we don't want anyone to forget. We have NFL coverage every Sunday afternoon, as well as every Dallas Cowboys broadcast. Here on your home for sports in the River City, 1061 ESPN Richmond. Invigorating design. Welcome back. 1061 ESPN, Matt Joseph's here, uh, taking up to uh, 6 o'clock. Don't forget, holiday cheering gear is next Monday. December 11th at the new Henrico Sports and Events Center. Bob and I will be doing this show from 3 until 6, and that's when we'll take your new sporting equipment. Basketballs, footballs, baseball gloves, anything sports-related. We've had people bring lacrosse sticks. We've had people bring uh, ice hockey stuff. Uh, We've had people bringing um, the basketball nets you set up in your room. Because these go to the kids. And so whatever you think, and and basically it just benefits the Salvation Army Christmas Assistance Program. If you've ever wanted to come down and talk to Bob or I, obviously during the breaks, um, this is your opportunity to come down. We'll have uh, our street team there. We'll be hopefully giving stuff away. I can't, uh, we don't have a lot of things to give away. So hopefully we'll have something to give away. But really we want to see you out there um, and taking care. We also do... I'll make sure of this, but in the past, we've accepted money as well that would go towards the Salvation Army, um, the Christmas Assistance Program. And then you could stay. There's women's basketball coming up later between VCU and Delaware. Go to the website, HenricoSEA.com. I'm excited to see it. I have not been able to see the uh, new Henrico Sports and Events Center yet. I'm sure it's beautiful. They're talking about a lot of cool events coming there. 
So uh, if you've ever wanted to come out there and see what we look like and see why we're in radio as opposed to television, well, Bob's on TV. You'll see why I'm in radio. You could come out and uh, see us uh, Monday, next Monday from 3 to 6. I'll be doing from like 3 to 6, and Bob will be doing from like 3 to 4.30 or so as he gets ready for another coach's show, uh, which is out at World of Beer starting at 6 o'clock. Spiders uh, starting out their season uh, pretty solidly. Uh, all right, let's do a little NFL. Actually, one more text here. It used to be good to get it early, but now with all these players not playing because of chances of injuries before they leave for the pros, I usually look over the lines early and see if there's something I really like. I'll bet it. Yeah, that's pretty much it. You know, if I had some sort of inkling as to, you know, who's not going to play in these games, and I kind of wanted to speculate a little bit. But to me, it's just not worth it. To me, Plus, also weather. Weather will certainly be a factor for these games. You know, rain, wind, stuff like that. The ultimate thing, if you want to bet these games now, the the number one thing that you need to look at handicapping-wise is motivation. Who wants to be there? Who doesn't want to be there? JMU wants to be at their bowl game. Jacksonville State is thrilled to be in their bowl game. Um, Liberty will be thrilled to be in the Fiesta Bowl. Uh, Florida State will not be thrilled to be in the Orange Bowl. Stuff like that. That's one of the number one things you have to look at when you're wagering on these bowl games is who wants to be there and who doesn't want to be there. Um, Because we've seen plenty of times better teams who don't want to be there losing games to teams they shouldn't be. So that's what's um, that's the first thing you want to look at here. And I've already seen people, a lot of people like Missouri, early on uh, to uh, win or cover their ball game. You know, the sharp people already have all their numbers ready and stuff like that. I, I'm sharp, but to a different extent in terms of like, I'm more cautious than I am uh, ready to jump on a bunch of handicapping and jump on a bunch of stuff. Uh, 3270888, that is the phone number, that is the text line, 804 is the area code. Um I mean, there's nothing I could say about the Commanders. Literally nothing. Um, I thought it was funny. A lot of the Commanders beat reporters were like, well, they scored another touchdown. I guess it's not Jack Del Rio's fault. Like, no, Jack Del Rio is the re- is one of the reasons why this team is terrible. Like, giving up 45 points to the Dolphins. Obviously, Jack Del Rio is still not the coordinator. But him getting fired and not being good enough to finish his job, that means he still stinks. Like, he's still a problem with the commanders. Because now you have to put Ron Rivera out there and these other assistant coaches. Like, Tua had two wide-open touchdowns to Tyree Kill. Tyree Kill could have received for 300 yards in this game. But you know what? As we've talked about, the commanders are fine with losing. The rest of the season, you literally just are here for Sam Howell, who was... Not good. He wasn't bad. He just wasn't good. And thankfully now, you're in the bye week. The Commanders are in their bye week. You do not have to worry about the Commanders playing this week. And then after that, there's only four more games. And two more opportunities for the opposition to come and descend upon your stadium. Because I'm guaranteeing there are probably more Dolphins fans of that game than there were Commanders fans. There's a lot of teal in the stands. And there will be a lot of red for the 49ers on New Year's Eve day, and there will be a lot of blue for the Cowboys the next week, even if the Cowboys don't need the game. But, I mean, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on them because they don't care about this season, so why should I? I saw people, they're like, well, they should fire Ron Rivera now. Now, 
Doesn't matter. Doesn't doesn't matter. I um I think you might as well keep Ron Rivera. Uh, I think firing him now stretches the staff out even more. And I would just get annoyed if they actually fired him before the end of the season. Like, he knows his time is up. He knows it. So, um, yeah, I would just get rid of him. And um, you get rid of him after the season. And look, if, if the offense doesn't... I saw, I heard Bob talking about this. If, if the commander's offense doesn't separate itself... Um, it doesn't separate himself, then I, I, unfortunately, then I'm probably going to be wrong that Eric Bieniemy won't be back and they've scored 15 and 10 points the last two games. Um, I think it would be a mistake. I think this whole thing was a mistake. If you knew this, this whole group was only going to be there one year, then why hire the best offensive coordinator? You already were trying to set up Ron Rivera to fail because you wanted to, you know, have your own, uh, uh coaching group as the new ownership. Why hire the best offensive coordinator knowing full well that if you're bad, you're going to get rid of him anyway? And then Sam Howell then has to learn with a new offensive coordinator will be his second offensive coordinator in his second year. Yes, I know. He played last year. Doesn't matter. But all this stuff is all Daniel Snyder stuff. We'll see what Josh Harris does. But once again, like this team did not... Um, this team just doesn't... It, it's irrelevant, and they're on their buys, so they're even more irrelevant. We'll get to the other, the rest of the NFL in a second. I will give you my Eagles State of the Union, as I feel like I have to do every Monday. Basically, the Eagles are a flawed team. The Eagles' at flaws showed up at the wrong time. The 49ers are the best team in the NFL, and if the 49ers do not have any more injuries, they will win the Super Bowl. That's all. The Eagles will probably lose to Dallas this weekend. They will... Potentially lose to the Seattle Seahawks, and then they'll play the Giants, the Cardinals, and the Giants, win the last three games, and see where everything breaks out. The, the Eagles are a good team. They're a flawed team, and the flaws came out against the 49ers. Oh, well. I turned that game off at halftime. I knew what was coming. Once the Eagles didn't score two touchdowns in that first quarter, I knew what was coming. But I'm, I'm being a realistic fan. I know the Eagles are good. They're not better than the 49ers. They'll play better if they play the 49ers again. But also, you have to remember, the Eagles have played the Niners, the Bills, the Chiefs, the Cowboys, uh, I think the Commanders and the Dolphins going back like the last six games, and they still have to play the Cowboys and the Seahawks on the road before the end. I mean, that's the most insane stretch in the history of the NFL. That's the most insane stretch you could ever put together. That's even more insane than when I think the... the uh, Commanders had like three straight road games. So it's just really weird to me. The Eagles were the defend the Super Bowl runner up and they got treated like they were some sort of second class citizen because I, I don't even know why. They got every schedule break went to their opponent instead of them. Uh three two seven zero eight eight eight. That is the phone number. That is the text line. We are in the quarterfinals or the semifinals of the uh, in season basketball tournament in the NBA. I'm guessing that's part of the reason why our next caller is here, or he's got some other thoughts on college football, whatever it is. But we always love to hear from Bruce. What's going on, Bruce? Hey, Matt. Hey, Matt. I'm glad, man. You, you, you say I'm better this week, man, so I'm glad you're feeling better, Matt. Matt. Oh, boy. So, growing up, I was a huge Florida State Seminole fan. 
I mean, and just the fact you've heard it talked about all day today. You know, to move a team with one loss behind their record over a team with zero losses, the rationale just doesn't equate. I get the money in of it. The rationale just doesn't equate. So that's my only take on how Florida State got jacked. I call them the non-competent adults of the association. That's what I call the NCAA. But uh, with that being said, you are correct. You gave me the excellent segue. We moved to the quarterfinal round of the in-season tournament, and there will be good games tonight versus up against the Bengals and Jaguars NFL game. So, of course, the 8 o'clock tip is a very good game with Boston and Indiana. Uh, Don't sleep on this game, guys. This is going to be an interesting game, and points are to be had in this game. So I heard people saying, hey, it'll be more playoff atmosphere with a lot of defensive intensity. But this kid, Halliburton, he is the real McCoy, Matt. This kid from Indiana is the real deal. And just watch out for how they, how well they play against Boston. I'll leave you with the LeBron Houston Rockets coach interaction. I was hoping you would bring that up. But that that coach interaction is a very interesting interaction where LA came out to say over the talk over the last year or so with Memphis former player and now Houston Rockets player, Dylan Brooks, LeBron and them came out and said, Hey, we weren't having this. And, and and the coach for the Houston Rockets got upset at the way his team was playing. And he made it be known to LeBron. And so uh, that was an interesting interaction. Hopefully you catch your audience up on how that interaction went down. Thank Thanks, you, Matt. Thank you, Bruce. Um, I, I, I will say a lot of B words got used by the coach and LeBron. That's about all I, I saw was a lot of the use of the word, the B word. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I would normally. Well, I, I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna lie to you, Bruce. I won't be watching the NBA. But uh, I'll say this: uh, the Manning cast is on tonight. Tua, K. Adams, and Ocho Cinco are the three guests tonight. That's that should be pretty good. Uh, ESPN two, and they just announced also. So next week, apparently, I guess we're going back to the two Monday night games at the same time, and the Manning cast will be doing both of them. At the same time, which will be very interesting because at times they struggle with one game. Now they're going to have two games, and it's Packers, Giants, and Titans, Dolphins, which are going to be two terrible games at the same time. So we'll see what happens. But the Manning cast is on tonight, so therefore I will watch tonight's disaster of a game. And no, I don't have any selections. The only thing I could tell you is I like... Um, I'm trying to think of... I don't even love a lot of props tonight. I, this is just a game that I just can't... Uh, I can't get my wrap my head around. Uh, text line. I actually think Florida State plays Georgia good. Like you said, they have a whole month to prepare. If they haven't made a ball in a while, they'll be up to play and try to win. I think Florida State will be up to play Georgia. I, I don't think so. I think Florida State. I think Florida State's the next week will not be good practice if they have practice. But I, maybe as we get closer. I, I think Florida State does not want to play Georgia. I I would not bet on Florida State right now. 
We'll see what happens if some guys from Georgia leave, Brock Bowers, Lad McConkey, uh, some of those guys. Like We'll see what the status is of some of these guys who might get drafted if they're going to play. That will help me decide as to whether or not they are going to be motivated. But right now, I want nothing to do with Florida State because I just don't think they're going to be very motivated to play in this game. Uh, let's take a timeout. We will uh, got about 20 minutes left in the show. You're listening to 1061 ESPN. Let's get social. Follow us on X and Instagram at ESPN Richmond. And find us on Facebook by searching ESPN Richmond. Don't miss a thing from your home for sports in Richmond. 1061 ESPN. Welcome back. 1061 ESPN. Matt Joseph's here. I've gone a little long, so this is going to be a short segment. Uh, As the week goes along and as the coming weeks go along, uh, I'm already working on getting an ODU player, a tech player. Uh, You know we're going to have JMU stuff. Uh, we'll also get Liberty stuff, so we will have plenty of coverage as we go along. And don't forget, obviously, we are your home for a ton of bowls. Uh, when we get the schedule, we'll tell you. We got a lot of bowl games on our airwaves, which means a little bit less shows, but plenty of football for when you're driving around. And as I always like to say, you're sitting there, you're like, well, I don't think I'll be in the car. You're in the car more than you think uh, when bowl games are on or when games are on. And just keep your radio locked to uh, 1061 ESPN or use the app. Use the app. Ooh, that was the first time I used the cough button. Hopefully it worked. Uh, 3270-888, that is the phone number. That is the phone number. 804 is the area code. Um, I've had this cough for weeks. It won't go away. I don't know what to do. I've tried all the homemade remedies. It just will not go away. Um, I mean, I'm over the contagious part, obviously, but it's just this cough just will not disappear. Uh, hopefully everybody stays well because there's a lot of stuff going around when it comes to the uh, viruses and things like that. Um, so we'll see what happens. But yeah, I love bowl season. I think bowl season is tremendous. I think that um, I, I I enjoy all the bowls. Uh, I know that they don't mean as much in the grand scheme of things, but I'm a huge college football guy. So bowl games to me are like a very nice finish to the season. And if you get the right ball game, you're going to have a lot of fun. I think JMU is going to have a lot of fun in Fort Worth, Texas. I think uh, I think Liberty is going to have a tremendous time in, in the Fiesta Bowl in Glendale. I think ODU will enjoy the famous Toastery Bowl, which I've never heard of famous Toastery. Um, and I think Tech obviously will enjoy the, the Military Bowl as well. And we will enjoy bringing you interviews, whether it's me um, whether it's me or whether it's Bob or Al or whoever on this station, we will certainly get you set for all of the games uh, coming up during bowl season. Uh, and that'll be a lot of fun. 3270-888, that is the phone number. That is the text line. 804 is the area code. And yeah, I just, the NFL's a bad product. Like I know, and I'm only going to go into this for like two minutes, but like if you look at yesterday's games, whether it was bad play or just bad records, like you had a 6 nothing game yesterday. The Patriots couldn't score against the Chargers. The Chargers didn't score a touchdown. You had a 6-0 game. You had a 13-8 game between the Falcons and the Jets. And the story that's come out is that the Jets want to turn back to Zach Wilson. And Zach Wilson's like, eh, I don't know if I want to play. So you have that. You have the Cardinals who went into Pittsburgh. Oh, I lost in my survivor pool because I believed in the Pittsburgh Steelers. There was like 140 people left. I was choosing between Tampa Bay, um, the Rams, and the Steelers. And, of course, I chose the Steelers because I thought, hey, 
The Pittsburgh Steelers should be able to beat the Cardinals. And then the Pittsburgh Steelers did the one thing that I would fire any coach over on the spot. On fourth and goal from the one, they were on the shotgun. I would I would fire any coach the moment they do that. I don't care if the play works or not. You're on the goal line. Sneak the ball. Sneak the ball. I don't care if your quarterback is a miserable little puny guy. Sneak the ball. But no, the Steelers had to go. And then they gave up a 99-yard drive to the Cardinals at home. And then the weather broke loose. Ugh, I'm so miserable. There was like 140 people left. And I took the, the loser of the three. So ridiculous. Because I was afraid of uh, the Browns' defense. And then I was afraid of the fact that the Panthers fired their coach and might be motivated. And Baker Mayfield's terrible. And both of them still win. And I'd still be in. And there was a lot of money at stake. Monopoly money, of course. If there's anybody from the FBI or CIA listening. There's no way I'd be gambling on something like this. But me and the Steelers, uh-uh, we, ain't, we ain't vibing right now. Um, and then you just got like teams like the Commanders who don't care. You've got, um, I mean, the 405 game was the Panthers-Bucks. Nobody cares about that game. Rams-Browns, I mean, outside of Chiefs-Packers and 49ers-Eagles and the Broncos and the Texans. Like, I get it. Colts-Titans was a good game, but like nobody cares. The, the Lions game was all right because the Lions score a lot of points. But like for the most part, the NFL just has too many stinkers in the, on a week-to-week basis. Games you can't even wager on. Ridiculous. Uh, let's take a time out. We're going to do our final segment uh, coming up. Get you set for the week ahead. As I said, we're going to do a lot of bowl stuff, a lot of college football stuff, and uh, we'll do some other things as well. College basketball, the first net rankings came out. We can tell you where some of the state schools are in the net. We'll do that in our final segment. You're listening to 106.1 ESPN. NFL season is in full swing, and we don't want anyone to forget. We have NFL coverage every Sunday afternoon, as well as every Dallas Cowboys broadcast. Here on your home for sports in the River City, 1061 ESPN Richmond. Make this holiday season. Welcome back. 1061 ESPN Matt Joseph's here. Uh, final segment. Got the usual text that I get almost every time. Not to uh, uh, VCU losing to Norfolk State, Odom is not it. I listen, it's been a rough season so far, but look, I mean, this is the thing about college basketball now. Like VCU's non uh, VCU's chances at an at large bid went out the window a while ago. So you're just playing for pride right now, and you're playing to get ready for, for January 3rd, which is St. Bonaventure at home. Uh, there's a huge game Wednesday against Memphis, which is huge for NIT purposes and things like that. I can't, I can't, Sean Bearstow's not playing for VCU. So, like, I can't sit here and say, wow, VCU is, they're not a finished product. The problem is they've got not much from their center position. Quaney, Quaney hasn't done much. Roosevelt Wheeler's been a little bit of a disappointment so far. I'm not going to write him off as a disappointment for his career. You know, Jason Nelson was in and out of the lineup. Let's wait till they get their full roster. And let's also give some credit to Norfolk State. Like, Norfolk State is 6-3. and three. They beat William & Mary. They beat Florida Gulf Coast. They beat Hampton. Like, I know we're predisposed to just assume VCU's going to win all these games, but, like, season's not over yet. Let's not let's not write Ryan Odom off in the first year. And let's not write... I know we thought that they assembled an 804 Dream Team and everything was going to be okay. And, yeah, 4-4 four and four is not acceptable. But, uh, you know, you're just going to have to be patient. 
They'll probably lose to Memphis. They'll probably beat Alcorn State and Temple and Maryland Eastern Shore and Gardner Webb and St. Bonaventure and George Washington. And then we'll see. I'm not I'm not saying anything when it comes to VCU season. I'm just not. You're not going to get me to say disparaging words about Ryan Odom when he doesn't have his full roster yet. That's just not going to happen. So the first net came out, and obviously, look, the net's still very much a work in progress. McNeese State is 30th in the net. Highest state school team is Virginia at 27. Then JMU at 35. Then Liberty at 43. And then George Mason at 62. Then Tech at 74. Then Richmond at 85. Here's the thing about Richmond. Richmond's had a very good season in terms of they have not lost games they weren't supposed to. Here's the thing. Richmond's 4-0 against quad four teams. They're 1-0 against quad three. They're 0-3 against quad two. So they're doing what they're supposed to. And once again, as we lead up to the coaches show coming up at the top of the hour, I'm not ready to pronounce anything with Richmond. I'm just not. I don't, you know, the Northern Iowa game is going to be tough. The Florida game is certainly going to be tough. Then they come home for four straight where they play really well. I'm not going to sit here and say, I think Richmond's going to be bad. I'm not going to sit here and say, I think Richmond's going to be good. I think Richmond, much like a lot of teams in college basketball, is an unwritten story. You know, they're not going to have Delani Hunt for however long it is. So they're not at full strength. You're just not going to get me to sit here and say teams are good or bad eight games into the season. I'm just not ready to do it. Richmond turns the ball over the least in the country, percentage-wise. They still have the problem of offensive rebounding and defensive rebounding. And they don't get to the free throw line enough. But like, I'm not ready to sit here and be like, yeah, Richmond's going to be terrible. Or VCU, yeah, they're going to be terrible. Or Tech, yeah, they're going to be terrible. It's still way too early. All you're doing right now is working on your non-conference and working on your at-large bid. VCU's is done. Richmond's is done. Um, so now you go, you do the best you can, the Atlantic 10, and you make sure you're in a good spot for March when your conference tournament occurs. That's where we are. JMU still has a chance for an at-large bid. Um, Liberty probably has a chance for an at-large bid because they've put positioned themselves nicely. JMU has that weird ODU road game coming up this weekend because they didn't want to buy out of a contract. So they're going to play ODU three times this season. But they already have the win over Michigan State, which is going to be a huge help. Liberty is 6-2 and two already. Liberty has a win over Wichita State, has a win over Vermont, a win over Furman. We'll see what happens. It's way too early, way too early to, pr- to, to, to pr- pronounce anybody's season. Way too early. So yeah, I get it. VCU fans are frustrated. Way too early. Richmond fans may be frustrated because they're only winning the games they're supposed to. It's way too early. Let's all... As Aaron Rodgers famously spelled out, R-E-L-A-X. Relax. Uh, So we're going to have a lot of fun this week. We'll do some college basketball. We'll do some college football. Um, Working on a lot of different things. And don't forget, cheering gear next Monday at the new Henrico Sports and Events Center. Uh, bring your new basketballs, footballs, baseball gloves, anything sports related out there as we help out the Salvation Army. We want to see you out there. Uh, thanks to Lewis for all of his hard work. I'll be back tomorrow at my normal time slot, 3 to 4, here on 1061 ESPN.